Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith courses with Michael Lane, brought to you by our wonderful donors at evidenceforfaith.org. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org give. And while you're on the website, don't forget to check out some of our other courses and even live events and adventure trips we have going on, such as our marine biology trip down in the Florida Keys, or even our biblical archaeology experience down in Israel. You can find all these links and even more information down in the description. And if you've enjoyed today's course, don't forget to share it with a friend. Welcome to Evidence for Faith. It is your host, Michael Lane, and today we are doing the last of the Bibles in our series on why are there so many translations. And I've saved what I consider my favorite for last. And today we are doing the interlinear Bible, the interlinear Bible. Now, um, there's actually a, a, a number of these that are available. Uh, and as we get into what this this is, um, this is the one I use the most. People ask me a lot of times when I'm doing like writing lessons and stuff, what is the Bible that I use the most or, uh, the most, or if I'm doing a personal study? This is one I always have out. I have this on my computer. I have um, the copy on my desk and in my bookcase here right behind me right now. There's one sitting here. I use these or I use the interlinear Bible very, very frequently. Um, I, I love this one. And uh, <clears throat> I know a lot of people have never even heard of this. What in the world is the interlinear Bible? Never saw that in a pew in a church um, or never heard my pastor, you know, reading passages out of it. Well, there, there's sort of a reason for that, which you'll see as we get into this. Now, um, the interlinear Bible, before we get too far into this, I just want to, first of all, explain what it is. Um, you can get this in book form. I have it in book form, as already mentioned, and it's also on my computer. Um, but what is an interlinear Bible? Well, simply put, here's the definition. An interlinear Bible gives the ancient text on one line and under it or beside it, the approximate English word for each Hebrew, Chaldean, and Greek word. Uh, so there's two different languages here. Um, you simply read the English words if you don't know the Greek or the Hebrew. Um, and in most cases, if, if you just read it straight through the way it is, you're going to find out it's sort of a, a confusing jumble of words because it's literally taking ancient Hebrew, ancient Greek, and if you read it the way it's written, and with our uh, background of being in English, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's sort of like Yoda speaking or something. Um, this is an extremely literal text. Um, but unless you understand the languages, or this is what's nice about it, they come with English, that's interlinear, having the words inside. Um, it's talking about a, a line, uh, one language inside of another language, interlinear. So it has the ancient language, but it also has the English in here, the, the closest e English equivalent. So you have, as a translation here, uh, a very reliable um, and very literal text. Now, if I've confused you on that, let me read for you Psalm 23, as we've been doing this um, throughout the whole uh, series, and read you Psalm 23. <laughs> um, now, it's 
in the interlinear Bible, it's written in Hebrew. And I'm not going to read you my Hebrew. My Hebrew, um, as I read Hebrew, I make it sound terrible. So, um, and I, I'm not an expert in Hebrew, but because it's interlinear, it's got the English word right beside it. So let me read it to you. And in, in this case, because it's Old Testament, you read from right to left. So, because that's how Hebrew was written, and it still is today. So we read from right to left. Here is Psalm 23 out of the interlinear Bible. <clears throat> A Psalm of David. Yeva, or Yahweh if you wish, um, my shepherd, not want shall I. In pastures green, he makes me lie down. Besides the waters, still me leads he. My soul restores he. He er, me leads he. Paths in the paths, righteousness of forsake of his name. Yea, though walk I valley through the shadow of death, no fear will I. Evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they me comfort. You prepare before me a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint with oil my head, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me shall all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Yeva unto perpetuity forever. Okay. <laughs> now you see, this is not the most readable text. Um, the readability on this is scholarly. It, it's that simple. It's not something you're going to give to middle school or elementary kids or even some high schoolers. Um, though I have actually presented this as gifts as a graduation present uh, for people who have worked for me in the past who really, really wanted to get into it um, and develop their Bible study skills. So as we've always been talking about, when, when, when were these things published? When was this Bible published? Well, you're, it's the ancient manuscripts, actually, that they've just put down on, on paper here with the English with it. So you, it goes back, the oldest, uh, or the Old Testament actually goes back, the copy that's being used here is around 600 A.D., and the New Testament is about 300 A.D. So um, it goes back a long time. So that's what an interlinear Bible is. This, obviously, since it's translating word by word, it's a formal translation. I mean, that is obvious. This is the most formal translation you're going to get. And uh, it is hard to understand if you just read the words. Now, what's nice about the interlinear Bibles, most of them anyway, they have it written in English, not just the word below, but then they've taken the English words and many times over on the column or on the side of the page, they will put it um, in English in a uh, English format that's easy to understand. So it doesn't read like that 
that I just did. It's, it's much easier to understand. They just take the words and put them over on the side, but they rearrange them so you can understand them easier. So it, it, don't think that, um, please don't get the impression an interlinear is way above me. Um, it's, it's not. It, you have to almost look at one. And this is on Bible Hub. Um, Bible Hub, there, there's a couple of different ones. There's, there's one they have, and there's also the Berean um, interlinear Bible that you can look at on BibleHub.com. And um, they have that one. It's just the New Testament. They don't have the Old Testament done yet. Um, but that one is, is there, and you can read that. Or if you go to other ones, if you just type in interlinear Bible online, it'll probably point you into a direction where you can, you can see it online. Most Bible software um, that I have, like Logos and stuff, it, it's already there. It's, it's included in it. Um, but I, and I do, I, I have it on um, three different sources on my laptop that I have here right in front of me. And I also have it in book form here in my house also down in, in my study. So what is it translated from? As I told you, the dates on these things are very old. Well, the interlinear Bible uses documented sources. We've often mentioned in Bible translations, like this one was taking the Masoretic text or maybe the Nestle um, Allen 28th edition, or we've talked about the Texas Receptus, there's the, the Codex Sinaiticus, uh, the Codex Vaticanus, um, Greek Orthodox, Tischendorf, we've mentioned him in the past. So it's taking these ancient texts, these ancient manuscripts um, on which our Bibles are based. And as I've stated before, the Masoretic texts date back to around 600 AD. We have a series on the accuracy of the Bible, and I, I talk um, a lot having to do with the Masoretic text and, and stuff. And uh, the New Testament that dates here um, that, that is being used goes back to about 300 AD. Now these codexes, that's, you know, there are codex, but the plural codexes, contain the oldest and the most trusted words of God we have today. And the thing is about interlinear, it retains the Hebrew, the Chaldean uh, in the Old Testament, and it's in the Greek wording in the New Testament. So what's the unique features? Why would I want something like this? Why would I want to use this? Well, for one, there's a number of unique features about this. One, this is a copy of the oldest wording in existence that we have. Since the original autographs given by the Holy Spirit to the writers is no longer among us, this is the most accurate Bible available today. So when pastors often want to go back to the root words in, in their sermons, or if you're reading a, or studying a Bible uh, series or a lesson or something, and they go back to the original Greek or the Hebrew, this is what they're pulling from. And most pastors have copies of this, and they use it. Most Bible scholars use these things frequently. Um, they, uh, another thing, uh, unique feature about this, you see the original language. Um, it's the ancient languages. And what's really cool about many of these, um, if you have the Hendrickson uh, publication, there's different companies that make these, like the Berean I mentioned before. My copy of a four-volume set behind me here, uh, three of making up the Old Testament and one of the New Testament, it's by Hendrickson. And they include what's called the Strong's Numbers. If you open up an interlinear Bible, or if you have software you can open up, you'll see little numbers sometimes from a single digit to four digits. And Strong's, who was a guy, a Bible scholar who lived back in the 1800s, he categorized and numbered all of the words in these ancient languages in the Bible. And then he gave definitions for them. He has Old Testament, and then he has the New Testament. An interlinear Bible often has these strong numbers, 
thus. You can see what the word is written in the original language, but it has a Strong's number, and you can use that with a Greek or Hebrew dictionary because that's how they put them together, and you can see the definitions, the description, what type of word, how is it used, is it is it a noun, is it a verb, is it in the Azoretic uh, form, or um, all sorts of things like that. Is, a, is it a contraction? You can see all this. It's given in, this, in these dictionaries like this, and the Strong's numbers helps a layman to be able to navigate through here and be able to see it. If you have a Strong's concordance, and many people have these, if not, I strongly encourage you to get one, um, they have all the words of the Bible and they have a code number. That's called the Strong's number. And um, most interlinear Bibles have the Strong's numbers with each one of the words that are there to help the reader the student to be able to find more meaning of the word in um, the dictionaries. And many times, Strong's concordances come with a Hebrew and Greek dictionary in the back so that you can look them up directly. So these are, ex are extremely useful for additional study and reference and devotions. Another thing that's really unique, because it is interlinear, the text has right embedded in it, not just the ancient word, but the English equivalent, the closest English equivalent along with the, the original language. So that's, that's one of the coolest things about this. And a fourth thing I should mention is in some publications, the English equivalent words also appear in, as I said, a paragraph. Um, the Hendrickson version, which you can buy um, through many bookstores and stuff like this, it's a four volume set, though it does come in a one volume set, but the the font on that is almost microscopic. Um, but it has on the sides the English, not just underneath the, the original word, they have taken it over and they've put it and organized it in a paragraph in modern English so a person can read it. So it's very, very useful. It, it helps you to understand more about what you're reading. And also, these interlinear Bibles have, in these Masoretic texts and all this, they showed the, uh, in the oldest manuscripts where the paragraphs began. So where are the paragraphs? And this is why the, I've mentioned numerous times, a New American Standard Bible it always bold prints when uh, the verse number, whenever you come to a new paragraph, well, you can actually see the paragraph forming in these interlinear Bibles. That is so important because it helps you not to take verses out of context. Um, and it, it makes it easier for you to uh, understand what's going on. Now, what's the problems with uh, interlinears? Well, first of all, the size of them. Um, you can't hardly buy, I mean, there's, there are some, I think Hendrickson actually, their publication, uh, that press um, publisher actually produces a one volume set. I've, that's the one I think I've purchased for many people, including my daughter, I think um, I gave her one. But it's, it's, a, it's a huge book, it's a huge Bible. And the font, when you open up, you almost like need a magnifying glass, it is so small. Trying to put it into one volume. Because you got two languages, you got basically two Bibles with an explanation to added to it. And the Strong's numbers and other things. So it, it, sometimes it's, it's easier to buy them in a multi-volume uh, format. As I say, m the one I use frequently here on my desk, has uh, it's in four volumes. Uh, three for Old Testament, one for the New Testament. If it is a single volume, you can get that, but it's hard to read. Another problem, uh, though it's in the original language, it's still not the original autograph for certain. I mean, 
The scrolls and the parchments of the original autographs given to us from God have yet to be discovered, even if, if they even still exist today. This is the closest thing we have. And so they are really important. This is a, it's a tremendously important Bible to have because um, it goes back to the oldest manuscripts. When you hear little footnotes or read little footnotes, the oldest manuscripts, it's, you can find these in interlinear Bibles. Um, a third problem, to be used properly, uh, to really get the most out of it, you have to have or develop um, some knowledge of the ancient language. Uh, otherwise, well, it, it's still useful even for a layman who doesn't know Greek or Hebrew. I used this before I ever took a, um, a class in, in these languages. Never, never took Greek, yet I could still use my interlinear Bible frequently with no problem. I could look at the individual word and see what the word was and then look it up and, and with a Strong's number into a dictionary and get some ideas of what it was being, um, what was being written. So um, if, if a person is a student of Greek or Hebrew, the, these things are awesome because um, it's written in that language. So uh, it, it is really useful like that. Um, it, I should say, too, it's something that if you ever want to study ancient Hebrew or ancient Greek, having one of these along the side, you can help um, learn you can, because you can read this on your own outside of the textbook that you would use or something. Now, throughout this course, we've been doing uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. So I'm going to read this. Um, now, this is Greek, but I'm not going to read it in Greek. Um, I've often been told my Greek sounds more like Hebrew. Um, I, I, I totally admit I um, have terrible pronunciation of ancient Greek, and it's just not Greek. Um, my Spanish, when I was an undergraduate um, in, in college, I took Spanish, and my Spanish teacher constantly would, um, she did it with love, but she would make fun of me um, and often scolded me. <laughs> because she says you always sound French when you speak Spanish. And she says you always seem to do it with a, with a uh, speak Spanish with a French accent. I don't know why I do that kind of thing. My Greek often, I've been told many times, actually sounds closer to Hebrew. So I'm not gonna do the Greek. Though the Greek is here, I'm gonna read you the English equivalent that you find in the interlinear Bible. So here is Titus 2, 11 through 13, reading the English um, transliteration of the Greek that's found here. <clears throat> Has appeared for the grace of God, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us that, having denied ungodliness and worldly passions, discreetly and righteously and piously, we should live in the present age awaiting the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior of us, Christ Jesus. So there it is. Now you'll notice the doctrine is all the same. Sometimes the word placement's a little odd for being in English because um, I just read as each word was how it would appear in English. And so it's a little, little chopped up and a little Yoda uh, like speaking and stuff, and that's that's how this thing, these interlinear Bibles are. But you can still fathom it, and like I say, over on the side of the text, it actually has that all written out in a paragraph. I was reading in between because it's I was reading the words from the uh, in English right next to the word that was in Greek. But over on the side, they have the whole thing. I chose not to read the paragraph that way. I don't know why, but that's what I did. 
So let me just give you a, a couple of little parting comments on this as we wrap this, um, this Bible up. Um, the term, like I say, interlinear means written or printed between the lines of the text. And you have two languages here. Um, it's either going to be Hebrew and English or Chaldean and Greek or uh, Chaldean in English or Greek in English. You have two languages. Um, this is in reference to the design of the translation. They did this intensely so you can see what the words are. And interlinear Bibles usually have the ancient language and the English word right side by side. Um, this Bible can be very useful when studying ancient languages, studying the Word of God, attempting to learn ancient languages, or to get really deep into the word meaning, um, keywords of the Word of God. Having paragraphs in place allows one to know the context. Thus, avoiding taking verses out of context or passages um, out of context. So that is so important because how many times um, Christians will often take a verse or a passage out of context. This helps you to know what's the topic thesis sentence for each paragraph and then how the verses all pertain to it. So it really helps clear things up. Of course, you get this with the New American Standard Bible too, as we mentioned, but here you actually got the ancient language. Uh, this version is considered the most accurate copy uh, that we have today of the originals. Um, I'm often asked, what's the most accurate Bible? This is my answer. I almost always will say the interlinear Bible. It's the closest thing we have from, to the originals. Um, and as we've learned all through this course with different Bibles, many of the Bibles that we use, King James, New King James, English Standard, uh, NIV, etc., cetera, et cetera, they use these, um, these ancient texts, these codexes, um, to form these Bibles. So all serious Bible students should make use of an interlinear Bible. Whether you buy one or just go online, it's free that way because they're downloadable online. Um, if you're going to do your Bible study and you really want to know what the words are and stuff and get more into it, this is a Bible you should have. Um, a number of years ago, I was challenged, um, I put a challenge upon myself to take um, the book, I started with the book of Galatians, I don't remember why, but I sat with Galatians and I actually studied it word by word in my Bible. Um, this was a long time ago. I was using my uh, older version of my NIV and I sat and went through each individual word. And because the NIV is a thought for thought translation, I saw, whoa, they've really changed some, some things in this, which we talked about when we covered that Bible. But in doing a key study Bible, I, I sat and I did the book of Galatians. It took me nine months, uh, working roughly about a half hour a day to do this. But um, wow, it was one of the deepest Bible studies I had ever done in my life up to that time. Thus, I started doing other books like this. And I'm still doing books like this, going through individual ones. I've done most of the New Testament, um, and I've done a many of the Old Testament books too. And I really get a lot out of that. So it's a fantastic Bible to have, these interlinears. And if you have a dictionary alongside, boy, you can do a great word study and really get into the depths of this and understand scripture uh, a lot better. So I highly encourage you to get one of these or to use one of these online. Well, that takes us to the end of these Bibles in this series that we've done. I hope you have gained a lot out of this. Um, 
And yes, there are so many other Bibles we did not even touch. We just took 20, went through 20 of the more popular um, Bibles that we have today that are, are in use and bestsellers in some cases, like um, the top like 15, 20 sellers that we see. I also added a few in there that I thought would be interesting to help you, like an interlinear Bible, one we just did. So I hope you've enjoyed this series. If it's helped you, I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, or if you have a question about some other Bible translation we didn't touch, be glad to, to uh, make a, a comment back to you. Just let us know. Please feel free to contact us at evidenceforfaith.org. And I want to thank you so much for going through this, this series as we wrap this one up. And um, I've really enjoyed this. I hope you have been really enjoying this and learning a lot also. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you. May his spirit teach you more and more as you study the word of God. So until we meet again, take care and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to help us produce the next course, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org give. And don't forget to use some of the other links in our description. You can find out more about Evidence for Faith and what we do as a ministry and even sign up to some of our programs. And if you've enjoyed today's course, don't forget to share it with a friend so they can benefit from it too. And with that, we hope to see you on the next course.